Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Well, I really enjoyed um, getting to know Paul Anthony and Daniel and Nigel a bit more these last few weeks. Mm, mm. Um, I think just hearing other people's stories and their experiences, I I really enjoy that. I just I find that so powerful, and there's so many things that you can often relate to. Um, and and now that yeah. the now that we've um, you know we've finished um, Nigel and Dan's uh, series of episodes as well. I kind of have that feeling that our house is empty. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the visitors who came and visited have come and now they've left and you're like sitting there going, oh, that was really yeah. great having them. But now the house feels empty. Yeah, and it's a bit weird. It's, it's been so long since it's just been the two of us. The two of us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we won't bore you today. <laughs> but I think I, I loved, uh, despite all of the, um, I guess all of the painful stories um, that were shared, um, both with Paul Anthony and with um, Nigel and Daniel, um, I really enjoyed how we ended off um, last yes. week. And just that, um, you know, something beautiful. It, it really was just, it was so beautiful just listening to them and, and how they finally found this this peace and this place that they can just be themselves. Um, they feel loved and they are excited for the future with, um, their relationship, um, but also uh, with with Nigel's son, um, mm. just just so beautiful, such a beautiful way to end off. Yeah, yeah, and I think in a very real way, um, it was a great reminder that life doesn't always work out the way we expect it to, mm. and sometimes it's it's full of these ugly, ugly um, things that happen. Yeah. Um, but there's always something better. God is always working through those tears. God mm. is always working through um, those difficult moments mm. um, to and bring I out something more beautiful on the other side. Particularly this year, but but just in general, I always feel like this time of year is a time that I do start to reflect and just think back on what has happened this year, what has um, you know, what joys, what, um, what sorrows has this year brought? And I mean, 2020, <laughs> what a year. I mean, it's, it, it has been pretty crazy. Um, when I try and think back to where my head was at in January and before all of this, you know, these lockdowns and restrictions and wow, what a different world we live in now. Um, but I think also on a personal level, um, these past few weeks, listening to stories from Paul Anthony and Nigel and Daniel, and it it has also caused me to think a lot about my own experience. Um, and I know we have shared a little bit of that um, since we've started this podcast. Mm. Uh, we have shared a bit of our own experience, but um, I think today I'm I'm interested to, I guess, reflect a little bit more on some things that have happened this year, um, some of those more recent experiences, and and what that has um, what that has been like. Um, I'm the sort of person that will often, um, I guess, I always try and see the best in people, um, but I also often try and, um, I guess, almost ignore or put off really dealing with something that is quite painful. Um, and I think I've done that a lot this year. Mm. Um, I think I have, 
um, oftentimes just um, tried to give people the benefit of the doubt um, and and tried to make excuses. Um, mm. I know we've we've talked uh, in the last few weeks just about how uh, my involvement with church has just drastically decreased this year and. Um, I think most of the year I've always just put that down to COVID and, you know, church services aren't happening and so many restrictions in place. Um, but I think now I'm sort of at that point now where I'm actually able to start dealing with that truthfully and acknowledging the fact that um, that's not an excuse. And, mm. um, you know, I know that people who I call friends have still continued to be involved very heavily in in church music and and so when I really acknowledge the truth of what has happened this year it starts to um, I guess I start to see a clearer picture of what's really been happening and it is painful um, mm. it's hurtful to know that someone can be excluded simply for who they are um, and I know that so many people can relate to that. It it saddens me to think that so many people go through this experience. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's sometimes I kind of think, oh, how many times do we have to talk about this? And is it really worth bringing up? But then I also think, well, I think we have to bring it up as many times as it keeps happening because eventually people are going to have to learn. Mm. And eventually, hopefully, if we continue to share these stories of discrimination, of rejection, of of being cast out, then hopefully people will start to hear and take notice and, and do something about mm. it. It's um, one, one of the most beautiful things about you and something that I um, have always found very attractive about you is how you always seem to see the good in people, mm. even at your own detriment. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes yeah. I'm like sitting there going, mm, I'm just going to hold my tongue. <laughs> Not going to say what I really think, but, but you've taught me to be patient and to also see the good in people. Um, but that doesn't mean that we um, blind ourselves, I guess, mm. to that. I think, yes, this has been a very interesting year mm. and i think in a way covid has helped us i guess postpone um this whole process of coming um face to face with the fact that we have been as recently as a few months ago pushed out again mm. from church mm. and we continue to be pushed out from church yeah um, so it's not just like it's one action, but it mm. continues to be, um, you mm. know, a series of actions um, from multiple people. And it's not like we're, you know, on the church door banging and knocking, let us in. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. And if we're being honest, and if you who are listening right now, you are someone who probably are not gay or part of the LGBTQ plus community. Or if you're listening and you're not part of a minority group, you're not a person of color, you're not, um, you know, someone from the islands or mm. um, someone who's indigenous, it, it is something difficult to comprehend mm. that 
just because we are not slamming the church door in the face of someone does not mean that we ourselves mm. in some way are contributing to that person being left out in mm. the cold. Mm. And when we talk about reflecting and, you know, just taking this time, this time of the year, love reflecting on how the year has gone and love reflecting on how I still have not lost the weight I thought I would lose. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it's time that we also just be a bit honest with mm. ourselves and our, I guess, mm. our motives. And and I guess it's it's a challenge. Mm. It, it is a challenge to do that because everyone wants to do what's right. And I think to try and, um, I guess, help people learn, it's always good to share our side of the story. Um, I know that there is always two sides to a story, um, but I think oftentimes our side of the story is not heard. Um, and I think back to, um, I guess, in a sense, um, not where it started because it's been, you know, it's, a, it's years of process, but... Um, I think back to about a year ago um, or just a little over a year ago when for the first time um, there was discussion around whether or not I could be involved in my church's worship service. Um, I remember finding out about this discussion. Um, fortunately, I guess I actually found out about this discussion after the discussion had been had. Um, and I, I was just informed that there was some questions raised in leadership at the church. And ultimately, the decision had been made that I would be allowed to continue to be involved up the front. And I really appreciated that. I respected that. I felt like the church had had an honest discussion and acknowledged that some people may have questions about my right to be involved. Um, but ultimately, I felt that they had made uh, the the right choice by allowing me to continue to be involved. Um, anyway, as part of that conversation, I also heard from some of my friends who were heavily involved in, in those programs and, um, and they, you know, kind of said to me, Oh, I was, you know, I was so angry when I heard about this. And, um, you know, I, I said to them, if, if he's not allowed to be involved, then I will pull out and I won't do what you're asking me to. And I really appreciated that. I really respected that. And I thought, wow, I'm so privileged to have friends who would be willing to, to stand up for me and, and give up something that I know how much they love um, just so that I could, could be involved. Um, fast forward about three or four months, um, I'm now engaged. And uh, my fiancé, Joe, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> is... Um, due to be involved in a church service. And um, about three days before that church service, he gets a call from the pastor to say that um, they don't want him to be involved, that he's not allowed to be up the front. Um, I actually couldn't be involved that day anyway for different reasons. Uh, but just knowing that that, I guess, stance of the church had changed or shifted... Um, or if not, it was certainly different for my fiance. That was hurtful. Um, I think at the time I sort of tried to suppress any hurt and hide that, but it, it was hurtful to know that, um, I guess what that meant for, for not just for us, but our community, um, you know, friends of ours who 
are also part of the queer community who are also at times involved in church, seeing that other people in their community were being ostracized, were being separated, were being excluded simply because we'd taken the step of now being engaged and, and being honest about what our relationship meant to us. Fast forward again a few months and this program that I have been involved with for years and that some of my um, closest friends are um, heavily involved with, I I guess I come to learn that this event is being pre-recorded, that it's being filmed, and I've heard nothing about it. I think what was most painful is knowing that this is actually not a church service. It's not a worship service, and it's, it's a community event. And yet I have had no, in, no request to be involved. Um, and that's being released this weekend. It's being aired this weekend. And to be honest, it is a, it's a wonderful program. It is always very well done, um, such high quality. And yet I don't know that I can watch it. Um, and that saddens me to think that this, this project, this program that I've been involved with for years is almost too painful to watch now because I've just suddenly been cut out of it. I think one of the hardest things for me has just been trying to process why these people who I have been so involved with um, for so many years to have no questions about whether or not I want to be involved, to have no acknowledgement that it's sad that I'm not involved this year, to have no, no one ask about how that's actually making me feel. Uh, I guess, you know, on a different topic, not even having congratulations for getting married. Um, it, it's sad. And I'm sure that some of them might even be listening to this. And if they are, I hope they know that I'm not really bitter. <laughs> But I am hurt. To be honest, I think it does actually make me reflect on my own life. It does make me reflect on the times when maybe I have excluded people. When I have ignored people. When I haven't acknowledged that people may be hurting. One thing that many of you are probably also aware of is that I actually withdrew my membership from the church this year. I have received a letter from the church pastor and he has come to our home um, and has actually prayed over our marriage. Um, that to me says a lot and it's really powerful. It's really special to me that the church pastor, even though I have withdrawn my membership, he has taken the time to visit with us, to pray for us and to write a letter to say goodbye and sorry to see you go. What saddens me is that he's not the only one who knows that I've left, but he's the only one to acknowledge it. And I just think if that is really my church family, if I can leave my family and nobody in the family comes and says goodbye, asks me how I'm going, says it's sad to see me go, it says a lot about what part I played in that family. I must say that I appreciate those who 
They haven't actually said it's sorry to see you go, but they have continued to treat me like a member of the family anyway. There are a handful of people who have continued to embrace us, who have congratulated us on our marriage, who have continued to talk to us as though there is nothing different. I appreciate that. And those people have really stood out to me. I'm sitting here and my heart hurts. My heart hurts because I can feel your pain. It's a pain that a lot of us can relate to. But it's also a pain that everyone experiences when they go through this process of recognizing what they need to let go and what they need to move forward with. And, you know, day in, day out, we get messages from people going through this pain. And it's one thing to be able to give the advice and go, oh, you know, here are some resources that can probably help you or here are some thoughts that might be able to help you or, you know, here's a listening ear for you. But when you find yourself, when you recognize that, hey, hold on, I am also one of these people. Mm. It just hits a bit differently. And we would love to say that, you know, we're in a place where we're able to share these stories, but we don't necessarily, you know, are going through any of the discrimination and any of the things that a lot of our stories or a lot of people come onto our program um, share. But the truth is we do. And Dan has just shared... um, his truth from this year and, um, you know, what's been happening. And it hurts me when I see you, when you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking about that, about not being able to um, be involved, not necessarily being able to be involved, but not being involved in terms of Mm. the friendships. Not even being asked if I want to be involved. Yeah, And, and that's sort of... Not given an opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that hurts more than anything. Mm. Hurts more than being given a, not being given a mic mm. <laughs> when you're up on stage. Um, and, you know, this Christmas, Christmas for me is about family. It about, it's about friends. It's about, it's about coming together. And at the moment, you're not being separated by anything other than choice. Mm. Um, there's a verse... It's actually a passage that I've always read and I thought I fully understood what it meant Mm. until this year. And it's always interesting how as life continues and as you go through different experiences, you in a way are able to see and relate even deeper uh, to even deeper things in the Bible. Mm. And this one comes from Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. I'm going to read from a few different versions. We'll start with the King James Version. And it says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Mm. The New International, sorry, the New Living Translation, one of my favorite translations, says, Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. The contemporary English version 
says evil will spread and cause many people to stop loving others. I have always read this text and my understanding was at the end of days, the evil will rise. Mm. There'll be a lot of sin. There'll be a lot of sinners and it'll be all around us. And these sinners, their love mm. will grow cold. Mm. These evildoers, evil will arise, evil will abound. And these evildoers, their love will grow cold. But I've been listening to um, a talk given recently at the One Project and the speaker touched on this. Mm. And as she was reading through it, something clicked in my mind. And I realized that I had been reading this verse all wrong. And this verse, if, I, if I'm correct, Jesus is actually speaking to his disciples. Mm. And if we go back to it, and I'll use the contemporary English version and the King James, because I think it clearly um, says what the thoughts are behind this. And it says, evil will spread and will cause many people to stop loving others. Mm. So he's telling his disciples, evil will spread. And the King James Version says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Mm. Basically, because of the rise of evil, it will cause people's hearts to go cold. Mm. Even those of us, and I think this is a message, especially to those of us in the church, mm. to us Christians, where Jesus is saying the evil will rise in the last days. And if you're not careful, it'll cause your love mm. to grow cold. Mm. And I think that's something we miss throughout all of this. Because whenever we talk about evil, whenever we talk about uh, sinners, whenever we talk about evildoers, it's always something that's apart from us. It's, it's always something that we see out there. Mm. in the world. Yeah. But I believe this verse is actually saying no. The evil may be out there mm. in the world, but the love growing cold is happening in here, mm. in our churches, in our hearts, and in our lives. And it's stories like this. It's the stories that we share on our podcast that I believe demonstrate more than anything that love is growing cold in our churches. Mm. And I know this is probably going to turn off a lot of listeners when I say it, but if you are someone who is not standing up for the minorities, who mm. is not speaking out mm. about, about discrimination, love is growing cold. Mm. And it's time to reflect. I know this is hard to listen to because, again, we expect those people who are discriminating, who are pushing people out to be the ones on the church boards, to be the ones um, who are pastors, who are people in leadership, who are the person who's holding the door at the church and closing it in front of um, the LGBTQ plus community or whichever minority community. But if we are part of this system mm. of discrimination, then that mm. does mean that our love is growing cold. Mm. 
if we turn a blind eye to what's happening around us exactly. in our community, in the family that we're a part of, mm. then we are just as guilty. Yeah. And, and Jesus goes on to say, so he says, evil will spread and will cause many people to stop loving others. And he goes on to say, but if you keep on being faithful right to the end, you will be saved. Jesus is saying, Evil will rise and will cause love to grow cold. But if you keep on being faithful, what does that mean? If you keep on loving others, Mm. if you keep on embracing others, if you keep on including others, we can talk about sin. We can talk about, you know, sin as a concept, evil as a concept. But this brings it home Mm. because it says, if you are faithful, if you keep loving others, in the face of this evil, in the face of rising discrimination in our churches, the rise of cancel culture in our churches, if we are able to keep loving, even when it means that our own positions in the churches are at stake, then we will make it through. Mm. It's interesting because the final verse, or not the final verse, the next verse down from there says, when the good news about the kingdom has been preached to all the world and told to all the nations, then the end will come. Then Jesus will come. And maybe that's what Jesus is waiting for. Mm. That we actually practice the love we talk about. But yeah, in the meantime, there's pain. There's so much pain. And I would encourage you, if you're listening, think about your privilege if you're a straight person who's in the church think about how you can help those who are being marginalized right around you thanks for joining us we hope you enjoyed this episode of enough room we'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time so until then follow us on instagram and like us on facebook till next time bye